The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with more trailblazing innovators. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds from Immersive. Stephanie and Dan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Joe. We're happy to be here. Oh, great. Well, thanks for making the time this morning. Stephanie, could you take a next couple of minutes and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of Immersive? Sure. Our mission, simply stated, is to help our clients realize the potential of their data to outperform all of their expectations, clinically, financially, and operationally. Impressive. I love it. (laughs) Well, thanks. You know, we do that through four service pillars. As we've really thought about what are the data lifecycle management requirements of our clients, we really think about the lifecycle from cradle to grave. It really encompasses four pillars. The first one is our data governance practice. We've developed a proprietary Clarity DG framework to serve our clients where IT and the business intersect to do the work that's necessary to establish data competence, credibility, and authority internally and with our clients' data sharing partners. When you launch out of governance, there's just the hard work that has to be done with the data itself, and that work is done in our data management practice. It's more than data models and storage strategies. It really requires an enterprise view of data management to improve interoperability, reduce broken workflows, and increase the usability and value of our massive data assets. There's all the buzz, and there has been for years now, around analytics. And certainly, with the reform movement in full force as we move to more pay-for-performance, there's no doubt that analytics will continue to play a huge role. Our analytics practice really focuses on helping our clients clarify their strategies. Those are those organizations that are really on the front end of an analytics strategy and those that are moving toward more advanced analytics strategies. It's a really critical inflection point for our clients, regardless of where they are on that maturity curve. And finally, our data protection practice is based on our proprietary Oculus data-driven risk management framework. And it really elevates the conversation and the work beyond the compliance conversation that's dominated healthcare data protection over the last decade. Our portfolio in this area includes advisory, technical security services, risk management, and managed security solutions that align the right resources with the right efforts. Perfect. The last time we chatted and you were on our show was about this time last year. What have been your greatest lessons learned working with clients the last year, and how is that influencing the solutions and services that you're now offering? You know, we got to work with some really stellar clients in 2016, and we're going to continue that work with many of them into this year. We did work in all four of those service pillars that I mentioned, which was really exciting to be working across that entire healthcare data lifecycle. It's really what Dan and I built the company to be and do. So for the first time since our founding, we were doing work in all four of those spaces and really appreciating how they 
work together hand in glove, where some of those transitions are within those pillars. And that certainly is influencing where we're going with our solutions and our portfolio going forward. That work and work to develop our partner ecosystem has definitely inspiring new solutions in 2017. Let me start with some thoughts on the data protection side and have Dan address the, the data management side in terms of our lessons learned and where that's taking us. On the data protection side, our clients are overwhelmed and under-resourced. The work is constant, it's growing, the talent pool, as we read about every day, is scarce, and their desire to take their programs to the next level to better align with the business is strong. They want a reliable, experienced, and trustworthy partner. They want us to stand shoulder to shoulder with them to the exec team and to the board. They want to learn from their peers. From modest advisory retainers to more robust managed services, we have expanded this portfolio accordingly. What we are doing differently is leveraging our expertise in data to implement and operationalize information security programs in ways that our industry peers do not. Every one of these services enabled by a toolkit that we have thoughtfully constructed, and everything is data-driven. Secondly, too few organizations really know where all of their EPHI is, inside their enterprise and where it's going outside their enterprise. When we have started to get under the hood in the last year, what is both alarming and overwhelming, it's powerful because it reveals a quantitative reference point that has moved our clients to action quickly. We see mobilization of multiple stakeholders, IT, HIM, risk, compliance, and operational departments to take immediate action to control this EPHI footprint. We developed a solution suite called Lumen that starts with data discovery, but is really focused on helping clients manage data from creation to disposition. I don't think I could talk about the data protection space without talking about ransomware. With the rise of ransomware, particularly via phishing attacks, our clients have really come to appreciate that any unsuspecting, ill-informed workforce member can be the weakest link that can serve as the genesis of a major incident. In our work in 2016, we came to appreciate that clients have really not done much to innovate their workforce education, awareness, and training programs. Most rely on e-learning platforms and CBLs that when you ask the workforce, are not terribly effective, do not hold their attention, or really accomplish the goal to change their behavior. This is an area where we are innovating now and look forward to launching more at the HCCA conference in March. It has also introduced a new element of what we promote as standard testing in our solutions and programs, and that is social engineering. This was taboo just a few years ago, but it's becoming standard practice now. Dan, the data management side of our business, and we've learned quite a lot in the last year, too. So maybe you could make some comments upon that, too. Sure. Thanks, Seth. Clients really want to put their data to work. Organizations that came out of the gate quickly with big data initiatives learned how their data was unfit for purpose. It was untrustworthy, and you know, overall quality was pretty bad. So these data analytics pioneers kind of skinned their knees, and the rest of us have got to learn from those experiences. High-performing organizations are routinely addressing data quality, usability, et cetera, but there are a lot of organizations that are still honing their data awareness, their data IQ, per se. We are working on both ends of the spectrum. We're educating our stakeholders and introducing basic data management activities like data profiling, data quality assessments, you know, those kind of activities to build up our clients' data IQ on that end of the spectrum. On the other end, we're working with clients on advanced analytics strategies. 
So quite a variance between all of those constituents. We've had more clients reach out to us with, with respect to data governance. We're encountering more data governance efforts underway in the clients that we work with generally. This is a huge shift from where we started as a company. The question we get asked most often is how much governance do we really need? Do we really need to go through all of those exercises that we, you know, we read and hear about? And, you know, what's the best way we can get started with DG? And as you know, Joe, we want to be the partner of choice when it comes to DG advisory services in healthcare. So we continue to dedicate our R&D to our vendor agnostic Clarity DG framework and toolkit. And 2017 looks bright in this area. Perfect. I appreciate the really detailed answers on that one, guys. Lately, we've seen a lot more references to data-centric security. How is this different from what healthcare has been doing up to date? Great question, Joe. You know, so much of what has driven security programs and the security spend over the last decade has been HIPAA. HIPAA compliance and what we call compliance-driven security. But what's forgotten or perhaps underappreciated is that the HIPAA rules were written for one reason and one reason only, and that was to protect patient data. That said, in our experience of performing risk assessments, security program reviews, the technical testing we've done, the social engineering we've done, you name it, when we ask the most fundamental question, which is, have you inventoried all of your EPHI at rest and in transit? Do you know where it's going? Not one client has been able to answer that question with any confidence. The very basis for the rules, the data, and the compliance-driven approaches that have fueled most of the security spend just have not effectively addressed the data. So let's fast forward to the present. We have more data being created than ever, from more sources than ever, going to more places than ever. Data-centric security is security that operates on the data or as close to it as possible. So think about things like encryption, tokenization, authentication, authorization, access control. We have implemented many of these things in healthcare, but we have not implemented them well. Our most common finding is that these data-centric solutions are under-implemented or never optimized from their initial implementation. These solutions and strategies are fundamental to a data-centric approach. With these fundamentals in place, the traditional defense in depth layered strategies that we read about that are certainly best practice can be even more powerful in their protection capabilities and getting to the outcomes that we desire. A data-centric approach starts with data inventory and data classification. And we're not just talking about EPHI. We are talking about EPHI, company confidential, restricted data, et cetera. But for most of our clients, we are starting with EPHI because it's the first thing that they need to get their arms around to be compliant with HIPAA. So it really is a driver. I don't think there is any better word than shock to describe our clients' reactions to what we find when we perform our Lumen Best Visibility EPHI Data Discovery Assessment. They all know they have EPHI everywhere, but they are absolutely overwhelmed by the volume of it, the disparate locations of it, and the age of some of the sources of EPHI that we find. We could go on and on, I tell you. You know, what this really reveals is that in industry, we just have not taken very good care of our EPHI, particularly once it leaves the friendly confines of our EHR and other structured data systems. 
Data-centric security refocuses the security program on the data and requires a lot more discipline with our data. I don't want your listeners to think that we're starting from scratch here and that the investments they've made and the work that they've done isn't important. It absolutely is and can be leveraged. We are taking our clients back to basics of their data and retooling and refining the protection program around it. When you think about it, with everything that's happening with data analytics, business intelligence, et cetera, we are really aligning our data protection effort with our core business asset, which is what a good security program does and is all about in the first place. One last thought, and just since I mentioned the analytics there, in our world, we also talk about data-driven security, which means as a company, we're applying the same approaches, tools, and techniques that we employ when we are working around data analytics projects with our clients to our clients' information security programs. We're using data about our data practices, inputs from the monitoring solutions, threat intelligence, all of those things to help our clients drive to better security program decisions. With this approach, particularly at the executive team and board levels, we're finding that this is making information security more tangible and clear to them. They understand how BA and BI apply to the organization and what they're doing strategically. So we're just taking a page out of that playbook using those same constructs to frame security differently. So terms to remember, data-centric, data-driven, new terms to change the reputation from information security being a HIPAA-only or compliance-only initiative. With that, Intrepid Healthcare will return with our guests, Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds. After this quick break, we'll be right back. The innovators at Velocity Health Informatics are focused on ensuring that your healthcare providers will access the correct patient record containing the right data every time. Guess what? This is not a given. Five to 10% of all medical records have duplicates and an even greater percentage have incorrect information. Don't we owe it to our patients to make sure that clinical errors are not made due to poor data quality and the lack of interoperability between their provider's EMRs? Velocity is the only innovator that can bring you health information as a service, which includes data quality, medical record remediation, and data integration as a service. And clients are raving about the results. Learn more now by going to www.velocityhealthinformatics.com. And we're back with Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds of Immersive. Dan, Last year when I talked to Stephanie, we were talking about how bullish you guys were on data quality, how critical it is to having an effective analytics program, yet there seems to still be a debate as to how important having clean data is to really getting started on population health and other reform initiatives. How do you approach this with your clients? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the answer I give is probably as hotly debated as <laughs> as the uh, issue itself. But I mean, in some ways, this debate is really an academic exercise and an over intellectualism by a small group of thought leaders. You know, there's there's potential for real damage with that line of thought. At first, there are many ways to define data quality. You know, it can be based on the context of the data's use the insights or actions that the data is intended to provide. There's qualitative measures that can be applied, such as completeness or integrity or timeliness. Depending on the data's use, it's certainly possible that non-perfect data is perfectly suitable for the use it's intended. However, 
this is certainly not acceptable in every use case. Data quality is important. We have to consider you know, things like the qualitative measures as well as those quantitative measures. You know, measures data quality dimensions such as trust. If the, you know, if the data is suspect or inaccurate, the consumers that are likely to believe that all data quality is poor and unreliable, and our clients fight that battle every day. Healthcare diligence in, in data governance and the active assessment and measurement of data quality is in its relative infancy. My concern is that if this philosophy that data quality is not important, if it were applied universally, there are certain potential real consequences to the organizations or you know, the patients they serve. The real message to our clients is that not all data is created equal. Not all use cases warrant the same level of governance and management of that data. And honestly, there is no one-size-fits-all answers to if data quality is important or not in any given context. The real focus they need to have is developing a process of governance that doesn't skip over data quality, but is able to adapt to the various use cases that exist within the organization. Outstanding. The last time we talked, you talked a lot about data governance. What's changed since then? Well, the greatest thing is that organizations are actually really interested in data governance now and putting programs in place. I think last year it was, you'd be hard pressed, um, if, you know, when, when asking us if there wasn't some level of data governance going on, I mean, cognizant data governance going on in all of the organizations that we served, or they were asking us questions about it. So that's a huge shift, you know, from where we were last time. More awareness of data governance and actually more activity around data governance. That being said, most programs are in their infancy. Committees and councils that are still forming, storming, norming, you know, going through sort of all of those organizational development steps and phases, trying to find the right balance of stakeholders, stakeholder participation. So we see a lot of duplication in the early DG efforts with other committees and working groups that are established in the organization. And so that duplication of effort is, is probably one of the most treacherous places for organizations to sort of live in that space in that if people feel like they're coming to meetings where the content, the decision-making, the focus of the meeting is just the same, they're going to lose focus, they're going to lose interest in one or more of them. So the lack of a roadmap or a methodology or framework to guide the work in a purposeful way is what we see missing. A lot of enthusiasm, but not the level of discipline or rigor, and that's certainly a point in an area where we're looking to intervene and be helpful. There's strong interest in data stewardship as organizations seek to establish those self-service analytics. The idea is that as we raise awareness and the sense of responsibility for the data itself within each workforce member, we're also making the data more accessible to them to support their work. So that's really a lot of the interest in stewardship. It's not only about, about its relationship to self-service analytics. It's about how do I inspire each member of the workforce to really be thoughtful and mindful about the stewardship of the data that they create and handle. Finding those first use cases to apply data governance to vet out its value to the organization is a huge change as well. Organizations are looking for those projects that are coming through the PMO that are kind of ripe for a data governance component to them, which is a, a huge shift from where we were before. I'd say, too, AHIMA, 
with its information governance adoption model, has also done a lot to raise awareness across the industry around information governance, IG. This has gone a long way in bringing DG, data governance, to the forefront as well. Our partnership with AHIMA has been tremendous. We're seeing more of the, the conversation and more of the messaging that's kind of coming and rising from AHIMA in its partnerships with HIMSS and other bellwether industry organizations. And that's really doing a lot to advance all of those information governance competencies, including data governance. And that'll be more of our focus going forward in our work with AHIMA as well in the coming year. Perfect. I want to take this time to remind everybody to go to www.immersive.healthcare. That's I-M-M-E-R-S-I-V-E dot healthcare. Bookmark that site and go back regularly to learn about the great things that Stephanie and Dan and their team at Immersive are doing. We're having so much fun here. There's so much more to talk about. We're going to do a second episode, and we're going to get it out right away. But for now, Stephanie and Dan, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Feel better. (laughs) Thank you. All right, that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guests, Stephanie Crabb and Dan Rounds, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.